coming back, back for me. Touch, I believe that he's coming back for you. But I believe I didn't see I didn't hear But I believe Oh yes I do I wasn't there when he walked on the water Wasn't there when he gave sight to the blind I wasn't there no, I wasn't there. They put him in a grave. Three long days. But he rose with all power. All power in his head. One Sunday morning. He rose. He rose. So glad he rose. He didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do it. No, he didn't. Didn't have to do it. No, 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 no. But no. I'm glad. So glad. So glad. I want to tell you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because you've been good. Yes, you have. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good. So good, so good, so good, so good, so good. Jesus went away to prepare a place for me. I don't know, but I've been told that the streets are. Streets up there, the streets are paved, yes sir, paved and go, yeah. Oh, no. I didn't see, I didn't hear, but I, I believe I didn't see. I but I believe, I believe, oh yes I do, I Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Glory, hallelujah. 
to Jehovah the Most High God. I didn't see, I didn't hear, but I sure enough believe. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to your name. Jesus told Thomas, he said, Thomas, you, you've, you've put your finger in the hole in my hand, and you put your hand in the hole in my side, and, and now you believe. He said, but blessed are them. Didn't have a chance to do what you did, Thomas. And they still believe anyway. That's you and me on this morning. Come on now. Let's give God some praise. Because if you know he's real, he's real. And nothing and nobody can take that away from you. To God be all the glory. Let's thank the Lord for this choir on this morning again. And let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you now that you are so real. Lord, we live in a world where people all around us would tell us we're crazy, we're foolish. Lord, some even mock us because we have faith in a God that's not walking around uh, in a human body. And we're now on our knees praying to trees and rocks and, and man-made images. But Lord God, we believe. We have faith in you, Jesus, and you have proven to us that you are real. My prayer for my brothers and sisters on this morning is that as we stay on this side of eternity, Lord Jesus, don't let the circumstances and the conditions of this world change a single person in here who's already saved to give up their faith. Lord God, let us remain steadfast and immovable and our faith in you. More importantly, Lord, make us magnets for those who are unsaved, that they'll see our faith in you, Jesus, and see whatever good works we do. And then, Lord, you'll be glorified. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Church family, I'm going to jump right into the Word this morning, and we're going to keep it moving. Um, Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. Haven't preached in two weeks, and I'm ready. Well, I tell myself I'm ready. We'll see. We'll see. I tell you one thing. I can't tell you this, though. The Word was confirmed on this morning. I was listening to one of the Christian broadcast stations on my way in. And uh, the, the young man who was preaching and teaching, he, he confirmed. So I know it's the right message now. I, that much I do know. I know it's the right message. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. I'm going to read this. You all, ushers, please be seated. You know what, y'all? Let's do this too. Let us, let us bless the Lord for our ushers. They are so faithful. Amen. Amen. And I thank the Lord for those who take on the responsibility of security for this church. And they know who they are, and I thank the Lord for them because God said, watch as well as pray. So you, say, you ain't got to be no fool now. Watch as well as pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. I'm going to read this um, <clears throat> from the New International. This is what it says, beginning at verse number 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. 
verse 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked Jesus' disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus says, so in other words, Jesus overheard the conversation. This is what he responded. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Then Jesus says to those same Pharisees, but go and learn what this means. He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I have come to call the right, not the righteous, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Verse 13 again, he says, uh, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Church family, just for a few minutes, can we reason together from this thought? All sinners are welcomed here. All sinners are welcomed here. In this ninth chapter of the book of Matthew, we find a story about Jesus Christ going to Matthew's house to have a meal. This is Matthew, one of his, one of his 12. Uh, uh, now, that should not have been any big deal because Jesus, the Son of God, was, was walking around in a human body, and his body needed food and water to survive just like our bodies. Amen. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. He could do something we can't do, right? No, only Jesus could pull that off. But Jesus having a meal at this house was a really big deal. Let me tell you why. Because Matthew, one of his chosen 12, was a tax collector. In that day, the tax collectors were notorious for collecting more money from people than what they rightly owed. Tax collectors would put extra money in their own pockets, and they became very rich off cheating people. Tax collectors were some of the worst type of sinners. Tax collectors were despised. Tax collectors were hated. Tax collectors were reviled. And here was Jesus, the most famous man of his day. Matter of fact, Jesus was a rock star. You see those football games and those stadiums that hold 25, 30, 60,000 people. When Jesus showed up, just multiply that times five or ten. I'm not exaggerating. You, you go back and read the Bible accounts. Jesus had become so famous and so popular in his day, in his world, that wherever Jesus went, it was an actual dangerous situation. Because so many people would show up, and many of them were physically disabled in some way, that people stood danger of being trampled. To, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. People were in danger of literally being trampled to death if you fell down in the push and the, the mass of the crowd that was trying to get to Jesus. I don't care who you think is popular, you think of that person. Remember when Barack Obama was running for president in 2008 after he got the Democratic nom uh, nomination, even before he got the nomination, and even the experts, the history political experts said they had never seen it in the history of politics in the United States that when one person showed up, tens of thousands of people would throng wherever that person, y'all saw those crowds, Barack Obama couldn't go anywhere without five, six, 10, 15,000 people showing up depending on how large the place was. Well, that's Jesus three, four times about that. Because that's how, when Jesus went to anybody's house, 
Not only would the house be full of everybody that could get in there, Nate would have made everybody run up out there. Fire code would have been off the chart. But also, people standing around the house, four and five and six folks deep. Why? Because everybody knew if Jesus comes out one of these ways, I don't have to have Jesus come touch me. Matter of fact, not even like the one with the issue of blood. I don't even have to go and put my hands on Jesus. If I can just shout out, thou David, son of, son of God, and Jesus hears me and responds to me, I'm going to get healed. Because there were some folks, the Bible tells us, Jesus walking along and they shouted out, Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, heal me. And Jesus didn't move from where he was. He just kept walking and said, Okay, you heal. And right then they were healed. So when Jesus showed up, people came in masses. Why? Because they knew that if they could get his attention, there's a real possibility he would be healed. So he was famous. And that was part of what made the Pharisees mad. So Jesus being in the house of a tax collector was a big deal because he was in the house having a meal with one of the people considered to be the most low life and scummiest on the face of the earth at that time. Amen now. And to make the situation worse, verse 10, Matthew 9 and 10 says that many tax collectors were there having dinner with Jesus. Listen, and not just, not just tax collectors and other sinners. So here's Jesus proclaiming to be the son of God. And the Pharisees were strict spiritual people, strict religious people. Why are you having any kind of meal with them? But it wasn't just Matthew. It was other sinners and his disciples. In other words, y'all, they were having a buffet. They had a big buffet meal at Matthew's house. Verse 11 tells us that the Pharisees, the religious hypocrites of that day, they were upset because Jesus was eating with a group of people that no truly spiritual person should ever be seen socializing with, tax collectors and sinners. How many of us know that people will judge you by the company you keep? I don't care who you, I don't care how holy you say you are. You let somebody see you standing and talking to somebody that's got a bad reputation and see won't the word get out. Yeah, I knew there wasn't nothing to that old horsley. I saw him talking to that person. Y'all know what her reputation is. I saw him over there sitting down having a meal at Logan's with that guy. Y'all know what he about. They say he a drug dealer. What he doing having any... People will judge you by the company you keep now. Don't think they won't. If you're saved, you should be, should you be in the company of unsaved people? That's the question. Well, let's let Jesus answer that in his own words. Verse number 12, Jesus heard the Pharisees asking his disciples why he was eating dinner with known sinners. And Jesus tells the Pharisees, it's not the healthy people who need the doctor. It's the sick folks. Amen. With those words, Jesus points out the hypocrisy and the ignorance of the Pharisees. It's not somebody who's already well that needs a doctor. It's somebody that's sick. Here's the point Jesus is making. If the Pharisees were truly saved and not just religious, they would have the same passion to save these sinners that Jesus had. Amen now. Jesus is saying, People live in sin because they are so sick. People live in sin 
because they are so sick. And Jesus is the only doctor who can heal a sinner's soul. Then Jesus adds two more points in verse number 13. He tells the Pharisees, he says, go and learn with this. So now he's really messing with them. Y'all think y'all know something, but, but I'm going to tell you, nah, y'all don't know nothing. Go, 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 go learn this, then come back and talk to me. When you come back and answer this question, then we can have a conversation. Until that time, talk to the hand. Jesus said, go, go, go learn this, like, like talking to children. Go learn this, little children. He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Now, I want to be sure that we all understand what Jesus is saying there. In the Amplified Bible, verse 13, said, when Jesus says that, he says, I desire mercy, and then the Amplified says, that is, I desire those who have a readiness to help people that are in trouble. Jesus says, I desire people who have a readiness to help others who are in trouble and not sacrifice or sacrificial victims. In other words, I don't want just folks to, be, to stay in the condition that I find them in. I want to go where they are and do something to make their lives better. That's what Jesus is actually saying. Amen. Now, Jesus looked past their faults. He looked past the faults of all the sinners in Matthew's house, and he saw their need to have their souls healed. They needed their souls healed. They were unsaved, and they were in trouble. They would die in their sins and spend eternity in the horrors of hell unless Jesus did something about it. By the way, that's exactly what he did for all of us. Just so we don't forget, that's exactly what he did for all of us. Because we would have died and gone to hell, but Jesus was willing to do something about our condition. Amen. The last part of verse 13, Jesus tells the Pharisees, that he didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then the Amplified adds to that, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. To repentance. These four verses from Matthew 9 should be a reminder to every saved person that Jesus' top priority when he walked this earth was that he spent time with sinners to give them the opportunity to be saved. Let me say that again. Jesus spent time with sinners so that he could give them the opportunity to be saved. In this story, Matthew invited sinners to his house to spend time with Jesus. As a church family, we should invite sinners into the house of God to spend time with Jesus. Amen. Our marquee out front on Cornwallis Road should read, all sinners are welcomed here. That's what that marquee out there ought to say. It should say, all sinners are welcome here. I said something at uh, Hills Chapel a few weeks ago. I made it was their revival that last Friday night. And I made the comment, I said, if Jesus was walking around on the earth today, some of us would be disappointed of the places he would go. And I, here's exactly what I said. I said, you know one of the places Jesus would go? He would go to the strip house, to the strip club. And some of them had the same look on your faces I see on some of y'all faces right now when I made that comment. Jesus would go to the strip club. I'm not saying he would go in the strip club, but he would go to the strip club. You know why? Because he'd be standing there talking to those women, get ready to walk in there and try to convince them that there was a better way. Amen now. 
He'd be standing there looking at those men who would get ready to go in and spend money in the strip club and try to convince them that that was wrong and there was a better way. He would hang around the strip club every once in a while to see could he see the owner of the strip club to try to convince that man or that woman that they, what they were doing was wrong and that there was a better way to live. So yeah, he might go to Lakewood to see Joe Osteen. He might go down to the Potter's house and spend time with Bishop Jakes. He might even fly out to California uh, 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 to, to, to see my man, Noel Jones. He, he might do all those things, but Jesus would go to the strip club. I promise you he would. He would go to the liquor house. Where are the sinners? I mean, there's sinners all around him, but he could find a whole collection of them in one place if he went to some of them places. You got, to know the, you got to know the character of Jesus Christ to be able to receive spiritually what I'm saying is true. He said himself, I didn't come for those who are already saved and well. I came for those who are sinners. And this, this story clearly shows he was willing to go where sinners are. Well, Jesus is no longer walking the face of the earth, but he's left us the body of Christ. And he's left us an opportunity to bring sinners in to spend time with him. That's why all sinners should be welcome here. If we, the body of Christ, are to be the salt and the light Jesus calls us to be, we have to be willing to welcome sinners into God's house. Contrary to popular belief, there are still folks who will come to God's house if God's people will just invite them. That's it. There, there's, there are unsaved folk who will come to church if we would just invite them and make them feel that they are truly welcome to be here. And listen, let me say this to y'all. Don't get hung up on what specific type of sins that folks do. Don't, don't, don't even play that game. Don't even play that game. No, not near, not near one of us wants to go play that game with Jesus. You can play that game with me, Evelyn, but you don't want to play that game with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of God's glory. So it doesn't even matter what kind of sins that the people may be into. Jesus told the Pharisees, a sinner is like a sick person. They are so sick and they need help from Dr. Jesus. And one more thing, my Christian brothers and sisters, you and I were sick with sin until we decided to let Jesus heal us. Yeah, we're not sinners anymore. In other words, the Bible says we don't have that sin nature to, to live in constant and consistent sin. No, we've been saved from our sins, but we were sin sick before we decided to do what? To let Jesus heal us. Because it's the same thing right now. You go to your doctor, he can, med he can prescribe anything he wants to. If you don't take it, that's on you. He ain't making you take no medicine. Your doctor can tell you you need a surgery. If you decide you don't want to take the surgery, he ain't going to make you take it. He can't force you to do it. So we had to decide when we were so sick to let Jesus heal us. And just as a reminder, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, this is what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He said, as for you, you and me, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who is that? That's the devil. Amen. Keep on. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So there is a demonic spirit 
that's at work in those who are disobedient. That's why they're sin sick. But then if you go down to verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Jesus Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Verses 8 through 9, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. We didn't do it. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. In other words, we can't brag about the fact that we're saved, because we didn't do anything but put our faith in Jesus. Jesus did all the rest. When you and I think about what Jesus did to save our souls, we ought to share Jesus' passion for every sinner living today. Now, now that we're saved, let's not allow false pride to make us look down our noses at anybody who's not saved yet. Anybody who's not saved yet. Because as long as they got breath in their bodies and the Lord allows them to have a reasonably clear mind, they can still get saved. Let, let me share three reasons why all sinners should be welcome at any church that claims to love and serve Jesus Christ. Let me share three quick reasons. First of all, reason number one, sinners should find understanding in God's house. Amen. Sinners should find understanding in God's house. Didn't say they should come here and feel like, oh, it's okay for me to roll, keep rolling the way I roll because, uh, you know, God loves me, and I can just live any old kind of way I want to. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Word says. But let me tell you why. In God's house, this is why sinners should find understanding. This is from the NIV, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We don't know what's in a person's heart by their outward appearance and behavior. Remember that old saying you got taught when you were a little child, don't judge a book by its cover? It applies to us today. I mean, yeah, we can see what the person's doing and we know that they're in sin, but we don't know the circumstances or the situation that may have led them to start living the sinful life that they live. So we can't just get hung up on what we see them do and how they talk and all, we've got to, if they come into God's house, we've got to believe that the fact that they're up in here means they're willing to give Jesus a chance. And they're willing to give us a chance. So that's reason number one. Sinners should find understanding in God's house. Reason number two, sinners should find truth in God's house. Sinners should find truth in God's house. From the NIV, St. John, chapter 17, verse 17. As Jesus is praying, he's there praying to his fathers, and he's praying for the disciples. Remember, Jesus prayed over the disciples before he left and went back to glory. Even before he went to the cross, there was a time where he had a prayer for the disciples. This is in John 17, verse 17. And this is what he says to his father. Jesus is talking to his father. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Psalm 119, verse 60. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Amen. And then this is uh, from the English standard, standard Version, Proverbs 30, verse number 5. Proverbs 30, verse number 5 says, 
Every word of God proves to be true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. In other words, to those who trust him. Amen. In God's house, when the word is rightly divided, sinners won't hear my truth or your truth. They will hear God's word, which is the truth. When the word is rightly divided in God's house, they won't hear horseless truth. They won't hear Hawkins truth. They'll hear Jesus truth, which is the truth. Amen. Third and final reason why all sinners should be welcomed here. Third and final reasons. Sinners should learn faith in Jesus in God's house. Sinners should learn faith in Jesus when they're in God's house. Amen now. This is from NIV Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First the Jew and then the Gentile. You and I, all of us are Gentiles. Let me make it real plain. If you ain't a Jew, you a Gentile. Just, just, just bottom line. If you ain't a Jew, you a Gentile. Red, green, black, gray with three eyes going across your forehead. If you ain't a Jew, then you are a Gentile. Amen. Listen now. So the power, it's the power of God's word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for, for the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. Then keep going. For in the gospel, a righteous for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. Listen, a righteousness that is by faith. First, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So God's righteous word. It encourages faith. When sinners come to God's house, they should learn faith in Jesus Christ. Sinners should learn faith in Jesus in God's house. So, so there's your three reasons. Number one, sinners should find understanding in God's house. Number two, sinners should find truth in God's house. Number three, sinners should learn faith in Jesus in God's house. I'll close with this, church family. Jesus wants his saints, that's you and me, when we get saved, we become his saints. He wants his saints to care about saving sinners just as much as he does. If we don't have that passion, then we need to stop calling ourselves a church family. Well, 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 well. In spite of and all, all the giving we do, yes, we give, to, we give money, we give clothes, we give food, we give folks rides, we go check on people, we, 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 we support folks when they have birth. We do all those things, and they're all wonderful things. But if our number one passion as a church family, it's not to see unsaved folks get saved, then we are missing the mark. Above all else that we do, that's the number one thing that we should care about because that's the number one thing Jesus cares about. Sinners are soul sick, but Jesus has a special hospital for soul sick people. It's called the church. Amen now. The church, this building, and we, the body of Christ, but this building too, this is God's house, and we, the body of Christ, we are the church. Whatever divine treatment sinners need, they can get it at God's house. Let me give you another name that we should be calling our churches. Instead of calling ourselves Roanoke Salem and Roanoke Chapel and Faithful Band and, and uh, Cool Springs and Patillas Chapel, I, I, I suggest we should call ourselves Jesus Christ International Rescue and Recovery Center. 
That's what we should really be called. Jesus Christ International Rescue and Recovery Center. That's what we should be called. I'm not bringing this up at conference, so don't nobody get funny on me. I fell and bumped my head, but not that hard. All sinners are welcome in this house. Let me end with this. In God's house, sinners can find peace of mind from all their doubts and their fears. In God's house, sinners should be able to find rest from all their body's stress and pain. In God's house, sinners should be able to find grace to receive blessings that they don't deserve. Come on now. Come on, y'all. All of us living off God's grace. In his house, we should find blessings. Uh, they should find blessings to receive uh, grace to, refine, to, to receive blessings that they don't deserve. Here's the other part of it. In God's house, sinners should find uh, protection from the punishment that they do deserve. Amen. You and I know the real deal. We ain't got to say it out here in front of other folks. Y'all know the real deal. You get by yourself tonight and you, you think about it. You think about how many things God should have shown up, bent you over, and whipped your backside till it was raw spiritually speaking, and he chose not to do it. Not that he didn't deal with you. Not that he didn't punish you. But he did not punish us to the, to, to the degree or the level or of the measure that we rightly deserve. Because I can't speak for nobody but Edwin. I done did some stuff, y'all. I done did some. I ain't proud of it, but I'm telling you now. I done did some stuff, and God did not deal with me the way he could have. Because if he had Monte, I wouldn't be here. Might not be dead, probably be in jail. Might not be in jail, probably be on my bed of affliction. Might not even know I was even in the world. If God had punished me to the severity of what I actually deserve. He ain't going to be no different with them sinners that come up in here. He's going to do the same thing for them that he did for us. He's going to give us mercy to receive protection from the punishment that we do deserve. To God be the glory. In God's house, sinners should be able to find some forgiveness for all their wrong words, all their wrong thoughts, all their wrong actions. In God's house, sinners should be able to, we should be able to show them how to live right in this sinful world. Wisdom, they're going to get wisdom to show them how to live right in this sinful world. When they come up in here, they're going to learn how God says they're supposed to live. Not how I say, not how you say, how God says. And just like I said about the healing, it's up to them. But when they come up in here, that's what they're going to hear. Last but not least, when sinners come to God's house, we're, they're going to receive a love of Jesus to show them how much he loves and cares for them. They're going to see God's love. Now, let me ask y'all something. How is a sinful person going to see God's love when they come into God's house? Because Jesus ain't walking around here. Who, who's responsible for that? We are. Yeah, when they come up in here, we got to show them the love of Christ. Jesus ain't here. It's us. He left the Holy Spirit in us for us to show his love to those who are lost in their sins. Amen. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. All sinners are welcome here. If you're saved today, and if you're grateful that Jesus healed your soul-sick person, come on and give the Lord a hand praise and a shout of praise 
for all the great things he has done. Come on now. If, 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 if you really believe that you are thankful and grateful for what God has done, tell God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Jesus. You know, not only that, thank Jesus for putting you in position to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen now. He didn't leave us here just for us to just be wrapped up in how we get blessed. He wants us to be a blessing to others. All sinners should be welcome. Matter of fact, not should be, they are. All sinners are welcomed at 2757 Cornwallis Road. I'm telling you now, they are. They are. Because when they come up in here, they're going to find some sinners who were saved by grace. They're welcome here. April, for the first week in December, every week. Would you please put on that marquee out there? I mean, first week in January. Every week for that first four weeks in January, all sinners are welcome here. And if there's any kind of exclamation point, you can get about, put about two or three of them behind that when you put it up there. Amen now. That's how we're going to roll, y'all. That's how we're going to roll. We, we got, we got, we'll be blessed more when we get our eyes off us. God's going God's to deal with what we need. He's not going to forget us. He's not going to let us go lacking, no. But we got to be about his work. And like I said now, we already are. Church family, please don't, please hear my heart. I am grateful, and, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should all be grateful for all that we do. And we do, and we do our share at Roanoke Salem. God knows we do our share. Not comparing us to others, but we do our share. But, but all I'm saying is that please, uh, with all that we currently do, let us reset and refocus on the number one goal which is to save sinners. That's our number one goal. Sometimes we might get a chance to, uh, to encounter them and engage them out in the community. That's fine. But let's let them know every Sunday they're welcome in this house, God's house. I ain't got the right clothes. That's all right. Come on. Well, where I live, uh, my hot water don't work, so I can't always, you know, wash the way I need to. That's all right. Come on. There's a shower up in the pastor's study. Towels, too. Ain't that right, Sister Dupree? Towels, too, right? We find some soap. I'm serious. Y'all think I'm being, I'm not being facetious in the least. Don't let the look on my face fool you. I'm just as serious as I can be. We don't want anybody who wants to come to church to have any excuse to not come that we can't try to deal with. Now, they can still refuse, but it won't be because we haven't bent over backwards. To, to remove any obstacles, that they, any objections they may have about coming to church. Amen. I don't have money to give. Don't worry about it. A whole lot of folk come to church every Sunday, got money, and they don't give, so don't worry about it. You, you, you ain't going to be by yourself. So what? Somehow, some, some way, with what, with what is given, God still provides. Am, am I lying? Whatever's given, God still provides. And Roanoke Salem has seen in the last several years how God will just send money unexpectedly out of nowhere. Amen now. So, so that's not, no, no, we, we're, not, we're not asking you to come to give the church some money. We're asking you to come to get to know Jesus. That's why we're asking you to come. 